the Ask School Leaders Reading Podcast with Jeff Barton. Hi, I'm Donna Stevens, and I am the CEO of the Girls' School Association, representing around 146 single-sex girls' schools in the UK. And Donna, you're uh, a reader of fiction more than anything else, are you? Um, well, I'm going to talk about fiction today, and the, and the reason is because I was quite late to reading for fun. So growing up, I'd always have my head in a book, but it typically be a maths textbook um, and then from maths grads to um, research postgrad so research papers so I was just quite late to reading for fun um, and I think I was well into my 20s before I appreciated that um, there was a thing called reading for fun um, so that's what I'm going to focus on today because I think as all, we all as as leaders are reading all the time um, blogs and articles um, academic papers particularly in my case, research papers, but I tend not to read um, sort of educational books as such, um, just because books in print are often just quite quickly outdated on those sorts of matters. So yeah, when it comes to books, it's more, yeah, not novels for fun and as a form of escapism, I guess, as well. Great. Okay, so you've got five choices. What's your first one? It's so hard, isn't it? When you said pick, um, you know, a couple of books, um, you know, so the, I'm, I've thought of a few that sort of just stick in my mind, really, um, that have moved me, I suppose. Maybe it's and, and on occasions inspired me, but more sort of moved me. So there are two that are quite linked books. Um, there's The Grapes of Wrath by uh, John Steinbeck. Um, do you want me to talk, say what it's about? or do you, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yes, so they, they, this is set during the, the, the Great Depression and it focuses on a family called the Jodes who are um are facing economic hardship um and drought on their farm so they they move across route 66 to get to a better life in california and you know along with thousands and thousands of others and don't i obviously don't quite get to that um and then there's a a similar book which had the same sort of effect on me is um it's called what is the what and that's by dave eggers and that's a more recently published book um 2006 i believe and that is based on um a, a Sudanese refugee who immigrated to the to the US under the Lost Boys of Sudan program and it tracks his life basically from when he was six years old and separated from his family uh, when his village was attacked and then his journey to Ethiopia where he thinks will be better and it's not and then his journey beyond there to Kenya and then eventually you know to the US it doesn't go much into his life at the US but even when he gets to the US he's faced you know with problems and and challenges um and that book i read just before um there was all the you know the syrian refugee crisis i definitely think it made me think differently about those um that that situation and i was there with my four-year-old and my two-year-old at that protest in central london um at the time for um you know refugees so those two books kind of stick in my mind moving and harrowing and also made me think more clearly about um, modern day immigration and um, those sort of challenges, really. So there's those two books. They're quite linked. I couldn't pick the, the favourite one. They, they were both moving in different ways, but had a similar sort of effect on me. So um, when you talk about re- reading for pleasure, you've chosen two there, which actually are really kind of gritty, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, they are quite gritty. And, and I've got a few more gritty. I've got one lighthearted one in here. Um, it's I guess it's 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 a form of escapism as well, isn't it? And also it's um, it's putting things into perspective because sometimes in our jobs, we can feel a little bit 
stressed or overwhelmed by what's in front of us. And then you'll read a book like that and then you'll realise this is nothing. You know, it, it just puts life into perspective. And I think it's helpful to have that perspective. Um, mm. So, yeah, read it. reading for fun is probably a bad choice of phrase there. But um, escapism and, um, yeah, yeah, putting things into perspective, really. So what's your third choice? So I've got Handmaid's Tale. Obviously, this is a very popular book and everybody knows what it's about. This, I read it about 20 years ago, and it's probably one of the first books I ever read, or certainly the first book that I read that sort of had an impact on me. Um, Obviously, we all know know what it's about. And this is particularly relevant to me, particularly in my role at the Girls' School Association. And obviously, we're all about uh, allowing girls to be the best form of themselves. You know, we we are very lucky in this country in terms of equality. But even in recent years, we've had examples where... um, you know, high profile examples where there there isn't equality, you know, things like the gender pay gap, um, hashtag me too. And even more recently, you know, in this pandemic has highlighted even more inequalities in that women much more likely to be uh, furloughed uh, and so on. Um, so, you know, so this book is quite relevant to, to, to my current role and and particularly in this current time um, with the pandemic. Although, you know, on the flip side, the pandemic has also shone a light on some of the great women in power. So we've got Erna Solbig, the Norwegian PM. I don't know if you saw it, but she did um, a direct Q&A basically with children on, on what the pandemic means, which is so refreshing. There's um, Jacinda Ardern as well, isn't there? Mm. You know, and her empathetic style to leadership. So, um, yes, you're read... right. We've, we've we've kind of got a, a flavour of what, as it were, authentic leadership looks like and feels like, haven't we? Yeah, and like an empathetic style. I'm not saying men aren't empathetic and girls are empathetic. It's mm. not that's not the case. But you often find the women probably have a bit more empathy and and this role of empathy and leadership, um, which mm. I think is really important and nice and also you know the role models they're then creating there's a lovely um I read a story it was in Vogue magazine and it was with Jacinda Ardern and she was relaying a story of a mum who had written into her and said I came home this mum had come home from a long day's work and her daughter asked her to play dolls with her and the mum said you know well I know what it's like when my daughter asked me to play dolls you slightly sigh inside but you you know you, she got on the floor she played dolls with her daughter so that and the daughter handed um the mum a doll and said, mum, you can be Katy Perry. And then the daughter took a, a doll for herself and said, I'm going to be the prime minister. Now, how wonderful <laughs> is that? This sort of young girl has oh, this role model and puts her above Katy Perry. And again, I think the pandemic has done that um, for society, has made children, young people appreciate teachers, doctors over, you know, your celebrities. Um, so, yeah, I've got a bit sidetracked there from The um, Handmaid's Tale. But it's a great story, a, though. The concept of um uh, you know women inequality and and you know a few interesting stories that have come up since then along the way so that's the handmaid's tale uh, obviously now a very popular tv series which i have also indulged in i must admit <laughs> and what's your next choice so this is a slightly more well it is light-hearted but again there's there's elements of um harrowing parts in it it's called this is going to hurt by adam oh, kelly yeah. Do you know yeah. it? So he, yes, I do. Yes, about, uh, yeah, so a, doc- now, like, a junior doctor or something. 
Yeah, that's right. He's now a writer, comedian, sort of personality, but he was a junior doctor for about six or seven years. And apparently when you're a junior doctor, you have to make notes of all your um, uh, patients or uh, experiences. And he, so he gave, he gave, he gave up being a doctor after six years for a, for a reason that becomes clear in his book, in his second book, actually, not the first one. Um, but he comes across these notes and he turns them into um, a novel. And it's a super, super easy read. Again, if you want an escapism, if you're lying by a beach and you're on holiday, it's a very, very easy read, small sort of chapters, laugh, moments of laughing out loud because of the stories he tells of, um, again, I won't go into them, um, but, you know, of different patients, predicaments. Um, but but then also moments of, you know, sheer sadness and then moments of complete you know in awe of what these doctors um and you know, medical staff are dealing with every day and then the fact that this was written before this pandemic and the, the thought that it could be even worse than ha the things that he yeah. describes in this book again is quite eye-opening um and this was a reasonably recent read for me as well this was a couple of years ago so fresh in my mind when all this stuff hit and the what our medical professions are going through at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely a book I, I would I would recommend. Again, putting things into perspective, isn't there? A little bit of escapism, a few laugh out loud moments, um, and then putting things into perspective as to what we're facing versus other people, really. And just looking looking into other people's worlds. It's, it's, it reminds me a bit of The Secret Barrister, which does the same kind of thing which is a, a, a barrister who doesn't get named dis describing the grimness of so much of the legal system dealing with the most vulnerable people in society i think off, off i mean your your theme throughout all of this is it kind of reminds us in a sense how lucky we are yeah uh, a, a lot of this and what's your, what's your final choice so the um the count of monte cristo so this Gosh. is um quite different it's much much earlier than all the other books i've um referenced um i actually read this in lockdown one all 1200 pages of it um and i, I kind of loved and hated this book so i loved it at the start i couldn't put it down and then i just got really frustrated with the ending of it um but again it made me sort of think about forgiveness and revenge um probably something i'm not great at sometimes um so yeah, that that book for the you probably know it's about this is you know set in the um, 1800s and it, it tracks the life of a young um, man called Edmund uh, Dantes who is all set up. His life is looking great. He's just been given his great job on on a on a ship and then he gets falsely imprisoned for treason. He escapes from prison and then it's, it's tracking his life. And instead of him, he, he comes across fortune, but instead of him enjoying that, he spends a lot of his life just seeking revenge, but which ultimately doesn't really make him very happy. Um, but it's a very, even though it's 1,200 pages of it, it's quite hard to put down. Um, so, yeah, so those four books stuck in my mind. Like I said, it's probably a relatively short period of time when I started reading for pleasure over sort of 20 years. Um, and The uh, Handmaid's Tale is probably one of the first books I've read and then this Count of Monte Cristo is probably the most recent book I've read that's in this sort of shortlist for you here. Well, it's it's a fantastic and very eclectic collection, it must be said. But I think the way you talk about them as well, they, they clearly have resonated with you in a very personal way, all, all of those. Uh, yeah. Which is fascinating. So thank you, Donna Stevens. Thanks for talking about your books. That's OK. Thanks for having me. It's nice to be with you. ASCL. 
Askell.